Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous. Today we are going to be talking all about overeating and I'm so excited about this subject and some of the concepts behind it that I'm just going to dive right in and I'm not even going to give you a preamble and tell you what's going on in my life. So you can find out by asking me on my Facebook group. Okay, what I really want to do is combine this concept of overeating with a book that I am reading. And it's a very interesting book called Black Box Thinking by Matthew. Now, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Syed, S-Y-E-D. It's an interesting book. I would caveat, caveat with it's a little bit gruesome because what he is looking at is the way that we think about failure. And He starts by looking at the aviation industry and the medical industry and talking about how in these different industries, they see failure in very different ways. Now, when I say gruesome, what I mean is he goes through aeroplane accidents and medical accidents. So that part of it is a little bit, oh, my goodness, not so nice. And I'm a doctor. I've been there. I've seen these things. But still, when you see them in black and white, it makes your heart beat a little bit. It's not like pleasant reading. But it is very interesting. So what he says about these two industries is that in the aviation industry, they look at failure as a learning opportunity. So every time there's a failure, they 
want to discover why there was a failure so that they can make things better. So he gives an example of um, sometimes when there was an aeroplane accident at a particular time with a particular aeroplane and it kept crashing before it really got off the runway. And after investigating, what they realised was that there were two levers that were very similar but did different things. And what they did was they changed the way the levers looked and this made a huge improvement. So that kind of thing. Whereas if you look at the medical industry, actually what happens when there are failures is people want to cover them up. They think of themselves as infallible. And if you have a mistake, it's your fault, you're to blame. You know, your career is on the line. And having come from the medical industry, I would say that's entirely, entirely accurate. You don't feel supported at all. You feel like if you have, or this was back in the day when I was working clinically, if a mistake was made, it was your job, your career, you would be seen in court. And that was it kind of thing, as opposed to you're supported by the system. And we know that mistakes happen, and we have to improve the system. So a very different approach in how we think about things. And I'm still reading the book. But another thing that he goes on, well, let me just re-emphasize that. So what he's really saying is that we learn so much more if instead of thinking of mistakes as, oh my goodness, this was an error, we have to hush it up and pretend it didn't happen because then that mistake is just going to go on and on and on and repeat itself. And if you aren't looking for that mistake, you're never going to find it. Whereas if you're examining the mistakes, actually you stand to learn an awful lot. A lot. And that's where advances come. And that's why the aviation industry now is such a safe place because they've learned sadly from so many accidents. But if you examine your mistakes, you can improve, you can improve, you can improve. He goes on to talk about what happens when humans are faced with thoughts. So we have beliefs. A belief is a thought which is one that we have come accustomed to. It's a habit way of thinking. And what happens when we realise that our thoughts are incorrect? Do we normally self-correct or do we change the evidence? And it's interesting that what happens is the latter. He gives an example of a lady, I think back in the 80s this was, and she had this idea that the world was going to end and that there was going to be a huge flood and that she was going to be the saviour of the world. And at one particular day at midnight, aliens were going to come down and rescue the people who were in her garden. And she had a little cult that was around, so, you know, a group of people who were really invested in this idea. They left their jobs, they left their family, they came and they sat with her. And there was a researcher who knew about this and thought, aha, this is a really interesting way to have a look at what happens when people are faced with your thoughts are not accurate. And so he went in, he infiltrated this, this group. And what he found was actually people were disappointed. But did they then go, oh, clearly her thoughts were incorrect? No, that isn't what happened. What actually happened was they changed the evidence. So what they decided to think of was, oh my goodness, we have saved the world by sitting here. All of that story was correct, but actually we have saved the world. It was all true. And now we've saved the world and now we can go back to living our lives 
Isn't that fabulous? But they didn't think, goodness, I've been hoodwinked. She had this crazy story and I believed it because they had invested so much into that story. And we see this in so many different examples. He goes on to give examples in political fields, in other fields. So it's a really interesting book and I recommend reading it if you're interested in psychology and how our brains work. Now, why am I talking about all of this and overeating? Because it is exactly the same. So we look at overeating and so many people who come to me and they tell me, I want to lose weight, but I eat healthily. Now, this is a little bit of hard love, but it is the same thing. The definition of healthy eating, well, I guess what they're saying is I eat some vegetables. But the reality is, is if your body has more weight on it than is healthy or than you want, at some stage you have eaten more than your body needs and you have stored it as fat, which essentially is overeating and not a healthy way of eating. So I think what happens is people get into this habit of thinking, I eat healthily. And they don't want to think, I don't eat healthily. I don't overeat. And so they change the evidence and they they say to themselves, I do eat healthily. And really and truly, when you look at it from an object, objective point of view, and often this happens in the conversation, people will start to say things like, oh, actually, I do have a problem with carbohydrate cravings or something else. But our brains are saying to us, I eat healthily. And that is that thinking part of your brain. So if we think about it, what's going on? It's all just habits. I am in the habit of overeating and my thinking brain is justifying that. And on a side note, when we get to justifying, we're not in a good state of affairs. It's like sticky water when you're justifying something to yourself. You know that really and truly deep down that isn't something that you want to be doing. So the other thing that I see happening when people overeat is they turn it into a judgment about themselves. So there's all of these thoughts going on. I made this mistake. And so instead of thinking about it as a system error, there's a lot of judgment. So it's like going back to the aviation and the medical industry. They're in the medical industry way of thinking about it. I made a mistake or I did something that I didn't want to do, and I'm going to pretend it didn't happen, I'm going to rewrite the evidence. Instead of thinking about it in the aviation system point of view, which is, ah, something's happened, what can we learn from this? What I call, when I work with my one-on-one clients, and this exact thing happens, and people get upset and say, oh my goodness, I tripped up. And I say, no, 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 this is your golden learning opportunity. So those are exactly the things that we want. We want to have a look at this. But people are so caught up in thinking, oh my goodness, if I overeat, that means that I am not worthy. I'm going to make it mean all of these things about myself, that I'm not a worthy human being, that I don't live up to my own expectations, that all of this negative stuff, and we take this in and internalize it instead of just going, do you know what? Actually, I am a human being and I have a human body. This is physiology. It's just normal. 
And I'm a human being who overeats. And that's it. It's a neutral thing. It's neither good, it's neither bad. And I'm going to examine this. I've got into this habit and I'm going to examine this habit and I'm going to rewrite this habit and I'm going to create a new habit of not overeating. And it is interesting. I do think that overeating is particularly stigmatized. I was thinking about how I went running after Christmas and I knew that my knee was a little bit sore and that running wouldn't be a very good thing for my knee. But there's no stigmatism to that because running is seen as a good thing. So that's fine on one level. But really and truly, at the bottom, it is the same thing. It's basically ignoring our body signals, which are saying there's something wrong. So on one level, you can say, okay, if I'm putting on a little bit of weight, that's an indication that I'm eating too much or something's wrong. In the same way that my knee giving me pain is an indication to say, your knee needs a little bit of attention to. And on a side note, I have been doing some exercises. My knee is totally sorted out now. I'm very excited. I can go back to running without feeling that I'm damaging my knees because I well, I like my knees. I want to take care of my knees. But you can see the difference between overeating and ignoring your bodies in other ways. And, and we do do things that... Um, so take drinking as another example, drinking alcohol. And I think this same concept arises. It's perfectly acceptable to drink alcohol. Now, the bottom line is, is that alcohol is not good for you. And I drink alcohol from time to time, knowing that alcohol is not good for me. But what a lot of people do is rewrite that story and say, oh, alcohol is good for me. A little bit of red wine is good for me. All those studies that were done by the wine companies show that a little bit of red wine is good for me, ignoring all of the evidence that says alcohol is not good for you. So we're rewriting ourselves because we want to do that thing. So if you overeat, and the vast majority of people do overeat, and I overeat from time to time, and I know my limits on overeating. So there is a difference. I know it's a, a degree, and some people overeat much more than other people. But I give you permission to stop beating yourself up about it, to stop making it feel like you are that person who overeats. It's not you. That's not your identity. So it's the same as looking at our actions and saying a child who throws, does something bad, throws a stone, for example. That was a bad action that doesn't make them a bad child. And it's exactly the same with us. What our actions are does not make us that person. And it shouldn't inflict on our self-worth. Now, self-worth is another big topic. In fact, I have done a podcast on self-worth. But the bottom line is we are all worthy and we all need to believe in ourselves. We are all worthy and you are worthy too. Quick and exciting announcement. I have decided that over the next few weeks, I am going to offer 30-minute calls specifically for people who want to stop eating. It's going to be called, hey, wait for it, a stop overeating call. And what I'm going to do is offer you 30 minutes and then create your own personal roadmap, which will be your stop overeating roadmap to show you exactly what you need to do to stop overeating. So if you would like to take me up on one of those calls and come and chat, then you can book on my calendar link. So the calendar link is 
bookme.name slash drorlina slash call. What a strange URL. I will put that in the show notes. And if you are on my email list, you can just email me and I will arrange a time with you. So come and book your stop overeating call and grab your stop overeating personalized roadmap. So let's have a more in-depth look at overeating. And this can be applied to cravings and it can be applied to emotional eating. It's the umbrella that covers all of these things. And it can be applied to eating a healthy dinner and knowing that your body is full up, but going, you know what? I want to eat a little bit more because I'm just enjoying this food. It's tasty. It's good. And I like eating it. But I know that I've really had enough. So what is going on here? Well, we're feeling an emotion. So if you remember, I've talked about this before, and there is a loop. Our thoughts lead to emotions. Emotions lead to actions, actions to thoughts. And you can change any of these. But the thought could be, I'm enjoying sitting here. I like this moment in time. And the emotion that you feel is desire or an urge. You can call it what you want, but those are the things. And the action is to eat more. And this loop goes round and round and round. Now, at that moment in time, it is the urge, the desire that is driving your action to overeat. Now, we've talked before about what you can do when you fear an emotion. You can, number one, act on it. So eat whatever it is you want to do. You can distract yourself. So there are techniques. You could drink some water. You could brush your teeth. You could think about something disgusting. So you don't have that urge anymore. So those are ways of distracting yourself. The other thing you can do is just sit with it. And emotions come in waves and say, okay, I understand that this is an urge. And really tune in and get into what's going on, but not act on it. And that takes time and it takes practice and it takes failure, but not failure. It takes golden learning opportunities. So you might start out going, okay, I'm going to stop overeating. And the first time you do it, it's terrible failure and you eat exactly the same. But then you want to have a look and think, okay, so what's going on here? So when we have the healthy you, healthy family habit challenge, which is going to start on April the 12th, and I'm super excited about it, I will be going into emotional eatings and cravings a little bit more. And I've also prepared a meditation as a bonus for people. So a meditation to really think about this idea of overeating. So that will be available and ready for people who sign up to come and attend that challenge. So I think really understanding what is happening is the important thing. And then if we think about it in terms of habit, I have this habit of emotional eating. And yes, I do need to understand that, or sorry, I have this habit of overeating. And I do need to understand the emotions that are going on behind it. But also we can apply that framework of making good habits easy and making difficult habits, sorry, bad habits difficult and thinking about how you can do that. So taking a step back and thinking, okay, my habit is that I like to eat chocolate 
and biscuits after dinner. How can I make that difficult for myself? I can make sure there are no chocolates and biscuits in the house at all and I can't have any. And instead, here is a piece of fruit instead. So when I get that urge to eat the chocolate and biscuits, it's really difficult for me to eat the chocolate and biscuits, but it's easy for me to eat the apple instead. So how can you get self-awareness and be creative in finding ways to make it easy for yourself. So think about how things are going to happen and you're almost like a little train that's on a route and you have to think in advance, this is what's going to happen to me and I'm going to put a tree here, I'm going to put a bridge there. But obviously it's not a tree or a bridge, It's a there's no biscuits in the house, there's apples instead. So I hope that was helpful. Please stop beating yourself up about overeating. If you do overeat, be kind and gentle to yourself and think, I can change this. I can do this. And you know what? Overeating is the number one thing that you can do to lose weight. Now, I tell people to eat vegetables because they're healthy and they're good for you. But you know what? If you don't overeat, you can get thin on junk food. You just have to not eat very much junk food. And that is more difficult. And that's one of the reasons why I recommend vegetables. So in my three-step process, I start off by looking at what you're eating and not how much you're eating. Because once you've replaced all that not so great food with vegetables, you won't be hungry. If you're eating the vegetables, you fill up, they fill you up, they're nutritious. And at the end of the mealtime, you feel full up. I eat loads of stuff I always feel full up after my meals and think, oh my goodness, I can't eat very much more. But I've eaten so many vegetables that it's not actually heaps in terms of calories. Now, I know I don't teach people to count calories. You don't need to. And it doesn't really work very well anyhow. But if you're just eating vegetables and you're not eating refined white carbohydrates, you will naturally be eating lots less calories. So this Wednesday, tomorrow, we will be talking about this in Dr. Orlina's office hour, 2pm Eastern time, where you get to think about how you can put this into practice. So come and join us. Super exciting. And the other thing I wanted to say was I have been looking at my free gifts that I give out and having a look over the last year. And the most popular one was actually Dr. Orlina's meal plan. And it's a few sample recipes, healthy recipes. So I will put that in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to have a look at that. Have a fabulous week. I hope to see you tomorrow and I will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drorlina, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.